You're listening to The Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. strut fans welcome to the strut so this week we've got app state that's right crapalachian stank is coming to conway so we're going to get you ready for that one we're going to look back on the marshall victory 24 13 on saturday all the other stuff you've come to expect from your friends here at the strut just be careful please when you listen to this episode because td is going to be in a lather this week uh, i wish i could publish the text messages to everyone but I'm not going to. We want sponsorship. So sit back and relax. Enjoy TD's Lather Week as we get ready for App State. The Mountaineers are coming to Conway. And I don't have to tell you how big it is because, honestly, I think the East Division is on the line Thursday night on ESPNU. Here comes the strut. TD, Info Joe, Strut Nation, Teal Nation. Welcome to 54 minutes of the TD's Week of Lather. Mountaineers, nothing but blather. To the big hooter, we all must gather. Info Joe is better than Dan Rather. I wish we could play Robert Morris. Sean Clark looks like a brontosaurus. My zodiac sign is Taurus. Teal Nation, join my chorus. Panthers are puke. Eagles are easy. Monarchs are fluke. But the team I really hate is Appalachian State. Two, three, four, hut. You're listening to The Strut. This week's episode, TD, is brought to you by the Illinois Association. It is entitled, The Rock is a Wrestler, Not a Stadium. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to Hate Week, Lather Week. It's Appalachian State Week. Only thing would be better is if we had two more days to hate them on play on Saturday, but we're playing Thursday night. Gentlemen, my week's been pretty solid. How was y'all's week? Well, the Chaucer of the Carolinas just got us off to a great start. The weekend was great. Went to Marshall, picked up a win. It was tough, but hey, our guys went up there on a business trip. They were all they were lathered up, dressed in suits, and ready to go at kickoff. It was a great start to a the, to the weekend, and we're rolling right into it Thursday night as we record this a couple of nights before. Can't wait. Let's get these guys in here. Chili, how was yours, man? I had a good time. I got a chance to, um, you know, for road games for me, it's kind of like you don't have to because I mean. I live, you know, John, you like, we travel, we travel a lot to get to a home game. 
So when we got an away game, it's kind of like take it easy for me because I ain't got to drive from Charleston to get to Conway. So it's kind of like I can just sit back and relax, get some good food, which I did, and just enjoy that victory because we come out 21 nothing against Marshall. The food tastes better when you're sitting in the chair watching the TV and, and uh, having a good start like we did. So I will take it, even though two, three, four quarters wasn't quite as good as the first quarter. It still wins. or so we're 1-0 last week. That's which is what counts. Indeed, it does. You get you pick up a win. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how you do it, especially on the road, especially against a defense as good as that one is. I mean, their front seven. Just we'll get into it, but I mean, they were good. Our guys did what they had to do yeah. to get the dub and get on the plane and come home with a win. Yeah, TD, I got a question for you now because yes, you always ask me and Joe how our week was. When the clock hit zero Saturday, did you immediately go? It's yes. App State. Yes. Yes, it did. He was waiting yes, for the question, Joe. You I, see was, me? Uh, mm. I, I am. We're, we're, hey, look, we, I do this live, partially live, if you will, from the corner of Knife and Collins, downtown Conway, the home of the 2020 College Game Day BYU week. And when it went four zeros, and my wife and I were watching it at Whitaker's on Third Avenue in downtown Conway, a great place to go get some sushi and a cocktail. My wife looked at me and said, that was a big win. I said, I hate App State. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even I didn't even relish in the win. It went to by the way, you're gonna hear this throughout this entire episode of 54 minutes of Strut Nation. We're gonna bring it to you. I'm gonna make sure I say I hate App State at least 54 times. So uh, in this TD, episode. May I just say real quick, if yes. you are in your college dorm listening to this show or you're hanging out with some buddies and you're having some cocktails, maybe this week a good drinking game was each time T D says, Hey, take a sip. You'll be hey, full Statesboro in no time. It, it, for all the Greek society, for everybody that's listening to this game, if you want to get righteous for the game Thursday night, put the podcast on about 4.30, 4 o'clock before the game, because here it goes again. I hate App State. That's so, five. Joe, this week's tag when I put it on social media is going to be, if you want to get righteous for this game. That should be on our T-shirts. <laughs> that should be. That's a good one, Righteous. Of course, hey, we can do, we can hold, we can hold we can hold the bleep side, and every time hey, we hold up the bleep, and no take bleep. a drink, right? Hey, no, no bleep. <laughs> I, hey, I, I've been good. I have. Been you have good. been good, T. You, you have, have been good. good. Yes, you we are proud of your had, progress. Yes. Hey, the, 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 the strut the strut brethren have asked me to to. I've been good this year, but they know you really week, have. Yeah. They know, hey, they, hey, there's no cussing this week, but I am. Let me. When we get in App State, I, look, they know there's going to be about a 75 second rant that I'm just going to get it off my chest because I hate that crowd. Well, let's Number go ahead six. and get through the belt quick <laughs> so you can have your rant, TD. Um, Joe, let's start off with the Sun Belt that was last past week. Yeah, uh, Louisiana man. goes to Southern Miss and loses 39-24. They are falling apart in Cajun country. Old Dominion traveled to Georgia State, and the Panthers were victorious in Turner Field 31-17. <laughs> Albert Morris and his family went to Appalachian State and he left Appalachian State in a, losing a squeaker, 42-3. to South Alabama travels to Arkansas State, wins 31-3, and the good guys travel to Huntington, West Virginia, and defeat Marshall 24-13. That was around the belt, guys. Yeah, not a terribly surprising week. Another result that really helped us out was Georgia State beating Old Dominion. You know, that uh, – 
almost negates their win over us, quite frankly. I mean, it puts us in the driver's seat in the East. You mentioned Louisiana losing to Southern Miss at the top. Southern Miss is good, y'all. I mean, if you watch the game, I mean, they they went in that portal and, and got themselves better in a hurry. They're five and three. They looked apart the against Louisiana. We get them, you know, a week and, you know, two weeks, well, whatever it is, 10, 12 days from now. We do get a little bit of a break between App and them, but yeah, so announced it was a 7.30 ESPN game on the 12th, or ESPNU game. But, uh, yeah, Southern Miss, they're a lot better. That's going to be a challenging game, but I'm glad we get a little bit of a break, you know, to, to try to get ready for them. And then, of course, you know, South Alabama beating Arkansas State, no big surprise there. So kind of a light week light week in the league. You know, it positioned us well with that, you know, the the, the ODU loss. And, and uh, I think it goes – you know, it, it shows to each week. I, I, you know, we were out trick or treating tonight. So for those who don't know, it's Halloween night, um, and I'm on my front porch. And you know, we we went downtown Conway and did a little trick or treating. But everywhere I went, it was interesting. You're starting to see a little more coastal out everywhere, and people are asking questions. They either listen to podcasts or pay attention to the program. They're knowledgeable of some of the teams. And man, the one thing I get, gentlemen, the one thing I get that everybody talks to is, man, the Sun Belt is a grind this year, or the Sun Belt's tougher top to bottom, or Man, you take a week off like Coastal did a couple weeks ago, you might get your brains beat in. And, like, so people are acknowledging – so the point I bring that up is people are acknowledging the elevated level of co competition, athleticism, coaching across the board in the Sun Belt. Again, the Sun Belt is, in my humble opinion, probably the fifth, sixth best conference in the country right now. I'd like somebody to tell me different. I may say fourth. You know, I I, I, I would argue just, that. I well, mean, I, it might I, not be I, I accurate, but argument. you can make an argument. I could see the argument, but um, but I, I would conservatively say the fifth, lower, no lower than six, because again, you know, we've got a couple, three or four teams that unfortunately are just just not. Yeah, they're they could be they they can challenge for it. What's going on? Yeah, man, happy Halloween. It's uh, you know, it it, it, it the thing is. The bottom two or three teams overall in the entire conference are still competitive. But the top six or seven, I mean, look, I, I would put the top six or seven teams in our conference against anybody in the ACC right now, including Clemson. I think Clemson would ultimately most likely win the game. But against us, against South Al, against Troy, against Marshall, I mean, to Joe's point, I don't think people understand that. And Joe's going to get into it because he was there until you, know, you, know, you and I watched it. We, we're going to break it down. But. Their defense is a top ten defense in the country. I, I just I see Joe's face. He's and he's not disagreeing with me. Like for those that are watching on YouTube, I'm telling you, Joe's gonna break this down a little bit from when he was up in the booth, and I'm gonna break it from you know inside the helmet. But they were a really good defense, y'all. This defense held Notre Dame, who's now found a way. Who Notre Dame just beat Syracuse on the road, and Syracuse is a very very solid, very quality team and an even more productive offensive team. So if I know it's linear and you know the whole win loss thing, like Joe talks about sometimes, but that was my point. Top to bottom, whether you're trick or treating or whether you're at the ball game or you're dialed in like we are, I think people are noticing the elevated comp competitiveness and athleticism in our conference. Well, speaking of that, let's go ahead and look at what's happening in the conference this week. We of course play uh, Thursday night, seven thirty kickoff. That's an ESPN game, if I'm not mistaken, fellas. Yes, we're on the ESPN. Not the Ocho. Not, not the Ocho. James Madison, he'll load up and go to Louisville. 
Marshall goes to Old Dominion, Georgia State at Southern Miss, South Alabama at Georgia Southern, Troy at Louisiana, and Texas State at ULM. This is uh, Joe, Jilly. Look, it's just kind of like uh, when they say it um, at one of the four uh, majors in golf, this weekend's moving day. Mm-hmm. Lot yep. A. Yeah. A lot could happen. What do y'all see and what do y'all think? I mean, after our game, I mean, what to me, I think our game is by far the marquee game of the weekend for Sunbelt. But uh, just going back and looking at the schedules, we just went through it. Um, maybe as far as how we're affected by standings go, maybe Marshall ODU is the next biggest game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, Marshall Dominion is kind of one of those games you look at and wouldn't shock me to see Marshall go in there and win with that defense. I mean, Old Dominion, I mean, they're, you know, again, they, they, they beat our brains in, but other than that, they really haven't done much of anything. So it wouldn't shock me there. That's not really the, the biggest game I see. You know, I like South Alabama, Georgia Southern's a sneaky good ball game, I think, coming up. That's the game I want to talk about. Man. You know, I, I think you're talking about a South Alabama team over there is a step behind Troy right now. Georgia Southern, who's very much in the mix right now in the East. You know, you got a whole bunch of teams right now in the mix, you know, with the exception of Marshall with three conference losses. So that's a really good one. Troy at Louisiana. I mean, this could be a trap game for Troy. And you know, Louisiana still has talent. We'll see. We'll see if Louisiana can move the ball on that Troy defense. Texas State, ULM, not terribly excited about one about that one. James Madison, Louisville. I mean, who's the James Madison quarterback going to be? I, I still don't know that Centeno's healthy, and I don't think they're really releasing much on that. So, you know, I, I like you know, I like our game as being the big one of the weekend. We, you know, we win this one. <laughs> you know, we we there's a lot that can happen. You know, a lot to look forward to if we win this game, but. uh yeah, I, I like the ones that you're talking about there, as far as the the, the biggest ones of the biggest ones of the schedule you know, if this weekend. I, look, I, Joe, I agree with you. I think that South Alabama. Here's how I'm looking at the South Alabama Southern game is. To me, it's a um, it's almost like a litmus test first week of November for East versus West. It's another one of those kind of East versus West litmus tests because you've got South Al who's six and two, three and one in the conference, but then you got Georgia Southern who's five and three and two and two in the conference. And I would bet to say, if you're a Georgia Southern Eagle fan, um, you know, once you've had a six-pack of the Lunsford Lights, you're probably sitting there pretty good. You're probably sitting there, in all seriousness, you're sitting there going, wow, wait a minute, we're five and three. I mean, they, they've got a couple wins that can happen for them, and they can end up seven, you know, seven and five at the end of this year. And that's legitimate. So, to me, I look at it through a different optic of it's a, it's a litmus test between the East versus West, and I, I, I'm ex- I'm interested in that game, probably more so than any other game. Georgia Southern's still very much in the mix in this thing. I mean, kind of hard to believe coming into the season that they would be, but <laughs> they got a kid who can sling it and guys that can catch it, and they're good yep. enough on defense. So, it's it's if you want a if you want a test tube examination of new college new era college football, Georgia Southern is your case study. You go get an entire new offensive scheme. You go to the transfer portal. Boom. You're five and three and two and two in conference. It doesn't, it doesn't take long if you can make the right moves with coaching and then talent. You go out there in that portal. You can Southern Miss is they're they're an example in the in the West of, of how how it can be done. That's right. That's right. So we 
a good one as far as around the belt conference discussion goes. I mean, it's it's, a, it's a pretty full slate, but we've got like maybe two yeah. or three big games. Everybody else kind of playing either like uh, JMU at Louisville, kind of an out of conference one. But we'll like Joe, you said we'll see who the quarterback is. But like Travis, I, I couldn't have worried any better. I think moving day is the term for this conference this week. I couldn't agree more yeah. with that. November yeah. is for contenders, so That's we'll right. see who they are. Um, I remember what was Coach Bennett used to tell us. People get remembered because of November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good yeah. one. And the only way to get remembered is, this, one, if you're playing well to that point, and then can you finish the season out in November, right? People get remembered because of November. So That's it. Well, let's go ahead and jump into Marshall because I want to give TD as much time as he possibly can to to hate. Oh, we didn't pick any games. Sorry. We didn't Sorry. pick any games. So I'm going to pick Coastal for Thursday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. JMU Louisville. I'm going Louisville. I am too. Only because of, we don't know who the JMU quarterback is. And Louisville's so, coming off an unbelievable win over Wake Forest, and maybe they have figured it out. I, I'm going to go JMU with the caveat. It, it's an AB. If Santeo is a quarterback, if he starts, they win. If he does not, Louisville wins. So I'm still going to take JMU, but, I, I, but again, if if Santeo doesn't start, then I'm uh, then I concede the loss. But I think if he starts, Joe Chili, I honestly do because I think Louisville's going to come off of a big win. JMU's coming off of a loss. There's going to be a little bit of hunger there, something to prove. And I'll, honestly, I hope they do win because it helps the conference out. Um, Marshall traveling to ODU. I'm going to pick Marshall in that game. I am too. I got more with them too. Defense travels. I got that. I will Georgia. say this, though. I'm, I'm not sure of the health of Kalen Laburn, though. I'm really not because it was it was really strange to watch him not carry the load the other night in times where you you, you thought he was going to – has to be on the field, right? Unless he was hurt. Yeah, they may have – He got popped. I, I'd seen some though. things where, you know, he might have had a shoulder problem, but if Laburn is not healthy and they don't have Ali – you know their offense really struggles, but if they've got a decent, you know, decently healthy labor, I like them to win this game too. Uh, hey, I think he got popped a couple times by. I know by, he did by Bruce and by um, <laughs> Bruce and Boy, ooh, Shane Bruce was big in this Shane game. Shane Bruce, man, great time. to get him back. And one of the other safeties that rotated in, one of the younger guys. Um, God, I can see him. I think he's number two. Um, well, the Jordan Strongs. So you might be. You know, but, uh, jo- no, Josh strong. Madison, maybe. Madison. Josh Madison or Charles Madison. Arnold, one of those two guys? Madison, yeah. Madison. Yeah, Madison, Madison will hit you. Madison well, both those guys him. will hit you. But Madison you know. popped him one time, and, and, and that was late in the game. He came off the sideline holding his shoulder, and I said. I, I, it was mm. weird to watch that. You know, it was like, yeah. where is he? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Shelly. Yeah, Let's Georgia see. State at Southern Miss. I'm going Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Southern Miss. South Alabama traveling to Georgia Southern. South Alabama. Yeah. I'm going, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go South by Skosh. I don't think it's gonna be that. I don't think it's gonna be a. You know, I think it's. I think it's gonna be close. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout by any stretch. I think this is gonna be a close one. I think South Al wins it at the at the buzzer. Maybe. Who do I think or who do I want? Yes, who I want I South Al to win, but right. Yeah. I, I think I think Southern can pull it out because it's a home and it's just gonna be one of those kind of unique games where I think they get up for it and they find a way to win but I really need South Al to win. So I'm going to go with the want. I'm, I'm going to want South Al to win. So. Uh, Troy travels to Louisiana. 
Troy. 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 And last one is Texas State at ULM. Texas State. Texas State. I'm going to say ULM just to be different. <laughs> just, just for the text messages that I can send you guys in case they actually pull that one off. That's the only reason I'm doing it. Where's the game at again? At ULM. ULM. Oh, yeah. man. Weird, weird things happen there, man. See? It is, it is a weird place, man. And now you're rethinking it. If you guys go ULM, I'm going to take Texas State. Just say I'm going to go Texas State. Yeah, I'm going to stick <laughs> with right. Texas State. The Bobcats. The Bobcats. So let's dive into Marshall. Uh, Joe, the Marshall breakdown is brought to you by InfoJoe IPA. One <laughs> sip and you'll know this is not your ordinary IPA. No, you didn't stay at a Holiday Inn. You sipped on some Info. InfoJoe IPA means you'll have a crisp audio feed, spacious press box, and you'll be in bed before 8 each night. The daytime is the say yay time to a delicious InfoJoe IPA. Well, I couldn't have done that any better. I mean, that yeah. was magnificent. That was golden, man. <laughs> that, that is perfect. I'm just exactly. going to my a call. Spacious, a spacious booth, a clean ref feed, and I'm in bed by 8 o'clock. I'm just waiting, for, I'm waiting for Van Wagner to call me, Joe. <laughs> so here's some numbers from the Marshall game. Total offense, Coastal 271, Marshall 407. Grayson McCall 13 of 24 for 121 and a touchdown. Uh, Cam Fancher for Marshall 19 of 36 for 320. Coastal had a running back by committee. We had five runners with at least 35 yards or more, and the two rushing touchdowns were by Bryce Carpenter and Grayson McCall. Laburn for Marshall had 16 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. The only time he's been held under 100 yards all year long was against us. Jared Brown, six carries for 75 – six receptions, sorry, 57 yards. Uh, Gamage for Marshall, eight catches, 170, 187 yards. I really can read tonight. He was a monster that game. Shane Bruce, 10 total tackles. Then we had Griffin, Madison, Parker, and Hope all had at least a half sack each. Bruce and Strong also had a fumble recovery. That's some of the highlights I've got for you coming out of the Marshall game, guys. Joe, I, I love always starting with you because you were there. I just I kind of want to tee up one thing. that it, We talked about it. If we could hold Laburn to under his season average, I think we would win and, and create a turnover, right? Whether it be a three and out or an actual turnover. But you were there. We always enjoy starting with you, man, from the headset. Yeah, I mean, see. this was uh, this was it was a great weekend. You know, it was a great flight in there. It was you know, you get on that plane, you go to Morgan, you go to Huntington, you know, West Virginia. You go to Huntington, West Virginia. You know, to, to play Marshall, you you can't help but think of what happened in 1970, right? And it's kind of those, you know. You drop down out of the sky and you're right over the mountaintops. You come into that runway and it's like, you know, they, they slam on the brakes. But it was great. Stayed right downtown. Had a nice little walk on Saturday morning. Got set up and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the game got going. You know, I watched the offensive unit meeting on Saturday morning. and I really got a sense like we were kind of dialed in on what we were going to see and what we could get. And we got a lot of that in the first quarter. You know, the things that we were hitting in the option you know, the, 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 pay, the passing game kind of, you know, the counter option stuff that we were working. I mean, everything just clicked, you know, the wheel that we hit with Jacob Jenkins when, you know, Grayson McCall hit his 73rd career touchdown pass, which set the all-time coastal record that I gave us a 21 nothing lead. And I'm thinking like, wow, I mean, this is just, I mean, one quarter in is 21 to nothing. You know, Lane and I are looking at each other like, I didn't see this coming, to be honest with you, as good as they were. 
on offense. 190 yards of total offense in the first quarter, and then Marshall's defense really kind of got locked in. I mean, they started taking away some of the stuff that we were doing. You know, not like we weren't trying to do it, but, I mean, they're just that good. Their, their front seven was as disruptive and chaotic as any that we'll see all season. You know, I mean, they just didn't let us run the ball very much. They pressured Grayson. Even though Grayson, I thought, had a, a pretty good ball game, you know, he missed a couple of throws in there, but he didn't turn the ball over, and we didn't turn the ball over, and that was big. Mm -hmm. You know, plus two in turnover margin in this game, one penalties, one fourth quarter scoring, all the hidden keys, all that kind of stuff. Game really settled in there in the second quarter. Crowd was into it for a half, and then after halftime, it was like half of them had left in a 21-10 to 10 game. I mean, they got the ball first coming out. There was no energy there. I mean, it was none. You know, it's kind of like, wow, you know, I mean, <laughs> close game and they're not even here. But, you know, two field goals, one by each team in the second half. We were able to force a couple of turnovers and stop them. And, boy, you know, Shane, you mentioned Shane Bruce. He had a big game, you know, mm -hmm. the defensive player of the week in the league, along with Evan Crenshaw, special teams player of the week. Had a great night punting the ball, flipped the field a number of times for us. That was huge in the special teams. Uh, and then a couple of guys offensively, you know, Willie Lampkin up front, he graded out at 92% and six knockdowns in this game. Uh, Will McDonald at 87% along with Donnell Wilson, Antoine Loper at 88%. So our offensive line did a pretty good job. Uh, and then over on the defensive side of the ball, you know, we talk about uh, some of the guys who stood out over there, according to Coach Staggs and, and, and their way they look at things. Josiah Robinson, backup spur, true freshman. He had 19 snaps and got six tackles in those 19 snaps. That's incredibly productive. Uh, Shane Bruce, again, had 11 tackles in the game. Boy, great to have him back. I mean, yeah. I, you know, you, know I, you saw how how much we've missed him over the last four or five ball games. 11 tackles. Taven Jackson, you know, he graded out at 95%. Our safety, he was actually the coach's defensive player of the game in this one. Uh, Charles Arnold, the safety, at 84%. And then Josh Madison, who we talked about a little bit earlier, he had five tackles in this game. Arnold had six. So, you know, very productive night from our safeties in this ball game. So, you know, all in all, you know, 24 to 13, it started out like a house on fire, like we would go up and down the field all night. It didn't turn out that way, but the, the object was to go get a win against a mm. tough football team on their field, and our guys accomplished that task. You know, it's interesting. If you'd have told me before the game, let me let me throw something out to you. Chili Joe, not knowing the score right now, both teams had 21st downs. We were going to be 3 of 14 on third down and a total of 271 yards. Marshall would have the same equivalent in first downs, but have 407 yards of offense. You can't yeah. sit here and tell me you, you think we'd have won that game. But we did. <laughs> and I think I, it had I could to, have told you that in there. Well, and I think it had to do with what we talk about is you've got to, you know, if you can stay for four quarters within the framework of what you do well, you give yourself a chance to win. Marshall had to do something that it did not feel comfortable doing, which was passing the football. Yes, I know people are going to look at that, and there's a certain podcast group and a certain university that's coming down here on Thursday night that's going to look at that, and they're going to, um, <laughs> they're probably going to look at that and go, "Oh wow, they're you know their back end's terrible." We took one of the top five individual rushing ru uh, running backs in the entire country in Laburn and limited him to 16 carries on 59 yards. That's like two yards a carry, man. I mean, this kid ran up and down Notre Dame and, and Louisiana and a few other schools that are brand names, right? I look at that and say, okay, you scroll down and you keep looking at the entire column of, of, 
of data here. And you go, two turnovers, something we didn't do versus ODU. We got turnovers. We held the ball for 35 minutes. Mm-hmm. Our best defense is our offense. I said that. Y'all said that. We have collectively said that one way or another. But our best – the year in 2020, the reason we were so good, in my humble opinion, is our offense was our best defense. We got up 21 nothing, Joe, to your point. They had to start chucking the ball around. And if it went out for some freak play where oh. kid catches it, it goes – and like, I, I'm dead serious. Think about this. And look. It is that what it was, is, y'all. That was frustrating. It is what it <laughs> that is. That was frustrating. So you, you call mm. the turnover. The ball gets bumped, bop, pops up in the air, you know, and the kid gets it another 17 yards down the field and basically gets him inside the 10. And then in all seriousness, our defense made them go three plays. And even on the play scored, if you were watching at home, was a little suspect. It had to be reviewed. It could have gone either way. He's in, whatever, but it could his foot was out in. He doesn't matter. He still they struggled three more plays to go and get into the end zone. What I saw was I saw a defense that was invigorated, that was true to fit. Yes, they had a few plays, but those plays, look, at some point people are gonna bust good plays, right? That's just inevitable. We talked about that at the beginning of the podcast where even the bottom third of this conference is exponentially better than they were last year. So the top two thirds are exponentially better. You're going to give up plays. But are those plays game breakers? Do they break your back? And they didn't. Our defense, in my humble opinion, probably played collectively their best game this year versus Marshall. Overall, globally, if you look at it, they never never let us out of the game. They got stops when they needed. And and, and look, for all the people that tell about Marshall's offense, this, that, and the other, we took one of the top five running backs in the country and shut his butt down, shut him down. And overall running, Chilly, what would you say, I think? They had 87 total yards 80, on the ground. 87 mm-hmm. total yards. This kid averaged like 138 yards a game. He had 70. And he had 70 of it. I mean, so we did something we had not done all year. We won a defensive struggle game. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. We, we won a true – Chess match. Well, of you know, game. TD, that's something I just thought about. You just said that reminded me of what we said maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago was we like those those battles in the phone booth. Yeah. And if you can booth. stop a team from running, you're winning the phone booth battle. Yep. And yep. that's basically what happened this past week was I'll we talked about it last week getting ready for Marshall. And it's kind of like if you can just stop labor, you're going to be okay. Yeah, one of the one of the guys I didn't talk about or haven't mentioned yet, uh, who is just—I mean—he is invaluable on that side of the ball and was invaluable on Saturday night is Gerard Clark. I mean, that kid inside—he's <laughs> going to be at the next level because he's a dominator in there, and he may not show up a whole lot in the stat sheet, but I guarantee you the coaches notice it because he is a run stuffer in there. He is tough to account for, and he's a big reason why they never could get that running game untracked, in my opinion. Nope. He said, hey, he said, either side of this center and these eight gaps right here, today, they're mine. Yeah. Y'all, gotta go, y'all gotta go somewhere else. And you're mm-hmm. right, Joe. They could not run uh, an A gap run play in any form or fashion, whether it was a counter or a draw, a delay, a tra- it didn't matter. You were not getting that A gap today. Like you said, you could tell on the flight there, it was a business trip. And you could tell that young man, I think you, 
one of the best ways to say it, he's not an impact player. He's an influencer. He made he made them say, after the first quarter, we got to go somewhere else. And by stringing those plays out, then it gives your team, it gives your defense time to analyze and assess and then make a play and be an athlete. So, dude, I think it's great. I, it's um, the one critique I would give our team that we're going to have to deal with Thursday night as a team. And I'm going to say it right now because it's going to come up because we hate App State. Um, is there we go? We hate App State. Uh, if you're if you're counting for shots or sips, uh, Brian Quigley, uh, that's like number nine. So um, <laughs> the drinker uh, in charge. Yeah, drinker in charge. Tailgater in charge of the year. We've got to control one thing Thursday night. Before we do any concept delivery of a package, execution of a play, gentlemen, and I'm gonna take my hat off for it. Right here, we have got to control the seven inches between our ears because did Marshall play a little dirty? Yeah, they came after McCall. They came after some players. We cannot lose our cool. We cannot lose our cool and get poor decision penalties against us late in the game or during the game because App State's going to try to rattle our cage early and often. So that's the one takeaway from this game. And Chile and I were talking about it. You could tell. Marshall had an intent to get inside our heads during the game, a lot like Georgia State can do to some people. And I don't know, Joe. I, I kind of want to ask you about this because you could, you, Joe, you could see it clear as day. Chile saw it clear as day. You could see that there were consistently, not just after the whistle, but after the whistle, shots on McCall, shots on our team, consistently outside the framework of a game. And I, I get some people going to hear this and say, Trav, you're a ball player. That's part. It is, but you could tell it was a part of their package to constantly hit, hit, hit after the play, out of bounds. And it just never got called, man, until late in the game. Now, I'm not whining about it, but you could clearly see it on TV multiple times. Yeah, we got to stay out of that stuff Thursday night. There's no doubt about yeah. that because they're going to try it. I mean, they did it last year in Boone. You know, yep. they tried to get some of our kids' heads, and I think they did it successfully maybe with a couple of them, to be perfectly honest with you. Yep. you know, and the, that, that stuff even happens before the game. They're, they'll be they'll be out there yapping at each other before the game. Yep. we got to walk away from that kind of stuff. But I, I agree. And, 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 I, and I have I have no doubt that, you know, Jamie and the staff will, you know, address that this week, and they'll, you know, make sure that if we lose this game, it won't be because we, you know, said something yep. stupid or got drawn into something dumb. You know, keep your composure. You know, be tough, be physical, be aggressive, get after them. But you know, don't get drawn into anything that's gonna that's gonna hurt us that way. Agreed. All right, TD, you ready? Hey, one one last thing though, real quickly, I'll add this about the people in Huntington. The most hospitable road trip I think I've ever been on. Quite frankly, everybody that we ran into just happy to see us there, welcomed us. Everybody up there's got a place at the beach, whether it's Merle's Inlet or. Surfside or Garden City, they're all coming to Myrtle Beach next year. They've already said it. <laughs> I think everybody in West Virginia's got a place on the, on the coast. So, like, just glad to see us. And the, you know, the, the the voice of the herd, Steve Cotton, couldn't have been more hospitable to me. I mean, he you know, took me around town, took me to the press box early. You know, just showed me around, got me a, a better place to park, and it was just it was just fantastic people up there in Huntington. So, I want to give a shout out to them. That'll be a good atmosphere next year. It will be. It'll be fantastic. Joe, what did I say on the podcast last week? Myrtle Beach, the southernmost West Virginia city. 
And I think old Lane Harris knows half of them up there in Huntington. They called him the big kahuna when he walked in the parking lot. We were walking to the press box on Saturday, and it's like he knew half the people in the parking lot. It's funny. Oh, man. We we got a good one in store this week, though. All right. Mm. So, TD, mm. the App State portion of our podcast tonight is brought to you by TD's Lather Lager. You want to get good and lathered up for App State? Are you hanging out at the Hackler course waiting for me just to show up? Crack open a nice cold TD's Lather Lager. You'll be fighting with guys on the internet in no time. You'll be standing on your front porch in Conway yelling at anybody wearing yellow and black this week. That's TD's Lather Lager. TD, go get lathered. Maybe. Let me tell you something. <laughs> like Wait a minute, old man yelling at a cloud. Uh, easy TD. <laughs> oh. So quick um, history of App State. They were founded in 1899. Their original name was the Waltaga Academy. They were founded to uh, train teachers in that part of the state. Guys, the original enrollment of App State was 54 students. How ironic. They changed their name to the Appalachian Training School for Teachers in 1903. 22 years later, they became the Appalachian State normal school ironically and then a couple of years later they became the appalachian state teachers college we know them as app state today they were 1967 was when they were officially changed to appalachian state and became a part of the unc system on the season they opened up with a loss to unc 63 61 not a lot of defense in that one they had a win at texas a and m 17-14, they defeated Troy, 32-28, lost to James Madison, 32-28, defeated the Citadel in a squeaker, 49-0, lost to Texas State, 36-24, beat Georgia State, 42-17, and defeated Robert Morris and his whole family, 42-3. App State is third in total offense in the Sun Belt, their eighth in total defense. Nick Hampton for App State is number two in sacks with seven on the year. Chase Bryce is number six among conference quarterbacks in a bunch of different categories. Cam Peoples is number eight in rushing yards. Quick little uh, stat. App State, this is important, TD. App State is 2-0 and versus FCS programs this year. They have allowed three points in two games against Robert Morris, who is 0-8, and the Citadel, who is two and six so you've got that going for you as bill murray said in caddyshack which is which nice. is nice which is nice ah. yeah it must be nice to play powder puff that was hate <laughs> that was hate i'll put, I'll put that up joe <laughs> td should we start with you or no yes look, I, by all means start with oh, td oh god um if so you're drinking with us at home now the time to start all right. First of all, I'm gonna lead off with I hate App State. Second, Wait. all right. I, there's gonna be there's gonna be some statistics here, and there's gonna be a little rhyme and reason. We are playing the most fragile fan base in this conference, and here's why. In 2019, we go up there. Thank you for coming. We appreciate you making a long trip. We're excited to have you in the conference. I think we lose that game by three touchdowns. That was the first year we had full scholarships. The very next year, we come home. It's 2020, and we beat them. We go back up there last year and going into the stadium. Oh, let me start off with, let me remind folks why the hate came from. After one, after one loss to us, they have lost their ever-loving mind about how we are uh, 
a cheap conference. We've still not accomplished anything. Um, they don't recognize our conference championship. Mind you, in 2019, we had a restaurant that hosted about, oh, I don't know, three or four hundred Shauna Clears, and we spent about four or five thousand dollars there for the Alumni Association, secured the ability to come back in 21 when said black and gold podcast and other yosefcabin.com listeners found out they threatened to close an alumni-owned business in Boone because they were hosting Coastal, of which they did two years earlier. I find it interesting, gentlemen, that two years earlier they had no issue. Welcome to Boone. Two years later, it was, you can't tailgate here. You can't pregame here. And, oh, I think they cussed my family out on the way in, and they cussed my family out on the way out. Mind you, I was holding a year-old, a seven-year-old, and a 13-year-old daughter. So when I tell you I hate them, hate is real. So now I can get into the analysis of why I hate App State. Joe, it's like that thing when the, the TV goes to VCR and the whole thing bounces around the screen. It's going to let it hang. All seriousness. So it goes back to they're going to establish the run first with Cam Peoples and Richardson and the running back trio that they have. They're going to, they're going to try to start there. Because ultimately, Chase Bryce will live and die off the play action. They're going to try to run the A-gap and the off-tackle. Joe Chile is App State's offense the last three years with these guys. They're going to get the A, the A-gap, the off-tackle. Then they're going to go to the fly route and the post route. They did it last time versus Georgia State. To go back and watch that film and the JV film, they are going to attack our corners relentlessly with long down-the-field passes. They did it last year to success. Run the ball first, play action second, and go up top. And I don't mean like go up top after play action. I mean go up top, like flat out, one, two, three, Chase Bryce up top. I mean, it's your classic fly route or skinny post routes. They're going to try to hit that. Um, defensively, they're going to pressure. Here's how we can win the game. If we can do what we did to Marshall, to App, and Joe and Chelly, I'm, I want to chime in here. If we can, if we can establish our front seven to where we can mitigate their ability to run the ball successfully and get infrequent there with their ability to run, it really hinders their play action. And they, and they, they become very manageable from the standpoint of understanding how to dissect their offense because because we can get them in three and seven or longer. We talk about this every week, three and seven or longer. Offensively, offensively, you will know that we have turned the corner against App State when this happens. When they start bringing a blitzing linebacker or safety on every other play, because that means they cannot do but one thing. They cannot get pressure on Grayson McCall. Or they are trying to mitigate the fact that last week we actually got out on the corner with Reese White. That is the best Reese White I have seen this year up at Marshall. I mean, that was the best that young man has looked all year. Jared Brown in the backfield, Chili's, Chili's man, the McDoom was in the backfield on a few plays. Beasley was back there. That was the most complete that we had looked and more potent we had looked. I know the statistics don't show that, but again, probably the best defense we're going to face all year. But on offense, if we can get to the corner on them and get around the corner, we were going to have great success, whether that be option or um, – up, up over the top, like with wheel routes and tight ends. 
I've got some other analysis, but I'm gonna wait till Joe and Chile add in. You know, the biggest thing about them that concerns me on their offensive side of the ball is is peoples. I mean, that's it. Stop, stop peoples. Stop them from running the ball. They they rediscovered rushing the football against Georgia State. They did. That's where they were having. You know, when they went through their struggles against Texas State and you know losing to JMU, they couldn't run it. Texas State, they couldn't run it. Had a hard time doing it. They made a little switch on their offensive front. They switched out a guy at center. Yep. Got to retool some things, and then they just said, "You know what? Georgia State comes to town. We're just going to ground and pound. We're going to line up, and we're going to see if they can stop it. We can get this thing on track. We're going to see what we can do." And they just they pounded Georgia State with the run all night long. If we can slow that down, I love our chances to win this game. You know, off, you know our offense you know, needs to watch out for Nick Hampton. He's I think he's their best defender. Leads him in tackles for loss and sacks. He's a disruptor, disruptive force over there. He's a really good player, so you need to watch out for him. But uh, now, I think it really comes down to whether we slow peoples down or not. We do that. You know, of course, they have Nate Noel and Harrington, too. You know, we do that. I, I, I love our chances. You know, really, it's yeah. really – I don't think it's more complicated than that. It's not. Hampton sets the edge, and 51 sets the – he, he Bur- sets Bird's the good, too. Yeah, Bird's, Bird's really good. good, too. 51 yeah. and Hampton are the ones that set their defense. To Joe's point. It's it, it's old school football this weekend, y'all. Or Saturday. I think Thursday. so too. Yeah. You stop Peoples because Peoples is the damn engine that runs it. He is. He is the engine that runs it. He's an NFL he's, caliber back. He's I mean, an he, 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 Yeah. He's no next level guy. You give credit where credit's due. Dude is a top. He's a second, third round draft pick. Legit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coastal I think fans. So. Mm-hmm. And I, look, that's the only accolade I'll give App State. That cat can run the freaking football. And when he gets his knees high and he gets he gets forward leverage, I have seen it all year. He will motor over people. So, to Joe's point, this is a week to me defensively, Chili, Joe. Everybody's like, we got to get in the backfield. I think the opposite. Gerard Clark gets his man, our entire front four get their man, get them hemmed up in a gap, and then half their body gets in the other gap. It's basically, if you get penetration, you may – the team – hey, Joe, I'll say this. JMU, if you go back and look at that film, they figured out that if you if you could get gap penetration with – how can I explain it? With everybody on the same level, right, whether it be one yard or a yard and a half deep, it's whenever you got intermittent penetration where somebody got two yards deep and somebody else didn't get off the line, that was the gap that, that Noel or – or a Cam would get through, or Richardson would get through. But if you can get equivalent penetration from the front four or hold the line there to make him go wide, it gives our guys time to scrape from a linebacker, strong safety perspective, get out wide, and limit him to two, three yards as opposed to four, five, six, seven yards. It's as, for folks that don't understand football, it, it, it sounds simplistic, but it's not because it's a feel thing. Gerard Clark, if he was on, he could tell you, he'd, say, he'd be like, TD, you're right. You got to be able to feel almost like a steering wheel where that guy wants you to go and you're trying to do the opposite while simultaneously shucking him to get off. That's how – if we can win up front, and I don't mean win like just three yards in the backfield. Obviously, we get on a passing play, but if we can win the front four for us and just get in the gap, it'll make them get in a stalemate. And you watch. It happened It happened in that JMU game and it happened in the first half of that Georgia State game. Their running backs began to get real chirpy with their own team and got real frustrated. When you get in that huddle and they're frustrated like that, that's a good thing for us. But, Joe, 
I, I've talked it to death, but that's it, man. It starts with Cam Peoples. You shut him down. They don't have play action. They don't have play action. Then you can determine when the fade or the or the seam or the skinny post is going to come, and that's that's their offense. But they got good athletes, though. That's the thing. They got good athletes, and their defense is more vulnerable than what statistically they're saying. Statistically, you look at it, points per game, they're scoring 37, right? But they're giving up yards allowed. They're giving up almost 304, and they're giving up almost 20-some points a game. Um, their defense, their defense is vulnerable in the back end. I saw some plays too from McCall and Joe. If you remember, was it was it was the it was the tight end play where we we faked the option and he stepped back and and threw it up and over, or was that the play that um, Sam unfortunately dropped? It was one of those plays where we pulled that off and it was beautiful. That was the first time I'd seen us run that. That elongated. It was more of a. It was more of a. Um, a true lead option play action where he lead option takes two steps back and then goes over top. That, I yeah, think we that got was, a guy running the post and the wheel. We got, that's right. That, that, that they they jumped the post and we got the and wheel. The wheel. That was the first time I think plays like that. And I think too, if you go back and watch the game last year, which I did, Jamie said his post game. We got a little conservative in the second half. If I know Jamie Chadwell, he learns his. He, he learns very quickly. Learns very very quickly, gentlemen. And let me tell you something. I think you're going to see four or five plays pulled out this week on Thursday night that we hadn't run all year. And he's been saving them just for this. And uh, I got a little more lather left in me, but that's for a little bit later. Well, I was thinking about about last year too, TD. And one thing I keep thinking about when I watched that game last year, it was 30-27. to 27. They hit the field goal to win the game. We did not play our best game at Boone last year, and it was still close. We were, you know, just didn't play well, and it was still close, and they had to play a terrific game and hit a last-second field goal to beat us there. I think we've gotten, since the old old Dominion game, the bye week and then what we saw against Marshall, this is a different team to me. I don't know about y'all. Joe, you kept talking about how the feel was different around them. I think you could see it on TV Saturday you night also. They were popping yeah, around, I'm, man. They were popping around. Yeah, good. I mean, because I, I really think, you know, after seven games – and the injuries that we mm-hmm. taken, and then the six and zero start, and then the, kind of the pressure. I think some of those kids were feeling, you know, it, it just kind of the, the bubble burst against ODU, and we needed that week just to kind of just take a breath, you know, just take a breath, you know, get some guys a little bit of rest, and just kind of recalibrate and just kind of get some perspective on some things. And I, I really think it helped us refresh. I think it helped everybody to refresh. I mean, I felt it at practice when I went out there last Wednesday. You know, before the coaches show, I just kind of felt it. I mean, just kind of a sense of urgency, you know, in that practice. And then, you know, they showed up to the charter on Friday afternoon. Everybody's dressed to the nines. I thought, man, this, how about this? And they actually had planned to do that anyway. That wasn't something that came out, was was born out of the ODU game. I was talking with Jamie about that. But, uh, yeah, just, I just felt like a different vibe. Like, okay, all right, we, we've had our seven games, had our break. You know, we took a butt kick in there in our last game. We got something to prove. We got – you know, just a few more games now to the finish line, hopefully the conference championship after that, and then a bowl game after that. So let's lock in and let's go. You know, and I kind of kind of felt like that was the attitude. Hopefully it carries over, you know, from Saturday night to the short week. We'll see. Agreed. Hey, I, I tell you what, you you know, they're worried about – I listened to uh, Crapalachian State's um, Fool's Gold and uh, podcast. I think it's Black and Fool's Gold podcast. And they were talking about Is it really called how, Fool's Gold? 
Is that no. That? no, it's called Black and Gold or whatever they call it. Oh, Black Can and we gold. call it? Anyway. We, we need a Chiron. Yeah. Breaking news. Uh, TD yeah. hates App State. Chiron. This is what we can afford on the strut, Joe. I'll just do it yeah, down here. I'll rightfully acknowledge I listened to that today. And interesting enough, I will say this. They had a former player on. He gave pretty good analysis. But the one thing that's different is this. Everybody's worried about the short week for us. We were at Marshall. I mean, these are young kids after they just proved themselves at Marshall. It's Appalachian State after last year's loss. If I'm in that locker room as a player, you could have played this game on Tuesday. I don't care. Like, I, I'm ready to go. I mean, I'm 38, three kids on my front porch, and it's a Monday night on Halloween. I hadn't really had but, like, one recent peanut butter cup. And I'm I, like, if I could suit up tomorrow and coach, I said I need four plays, I'd give you five, right? And I mean that, like, all jokes, but the point I'm getting to is this. It dawned on me that that young man on there from last year's team made a great point. He goes, y'all, Coastal flew because the co-host of that show said, oh, man, that was a long trip there and a long trip back. He goes, boy, they flew there and flew back. He goes, they're not going to get an advantage on us. We're not going to get an advantage on them. And the guys was like, why? He goes, they're having to drive. They're chartering buses. They're not flying to Myrtle. They are driving buses down Wednesday. And I kind of went, what? Why would you not fly? Take a one-hour flight from the nearest, you know, hair care tire center and airport up there. You know, I mean, that's, why would you not fly? But fine by me, because that's, hey, on a charter bus, you're talking a good six-and-a-half-hour bus ride, boy. That's a lot different flying on a plane flight. Joe, how how long was that charter flight from Myrtle to Marshall? Total wheels flight. up to wheels down was exactly one hour. One hour right. there, and it was exactly one hour back. It was pretty amazing how they timed that out. So go, our, our you, kids, you can go to flightaware.com, by the way, and, and check it out. It's kind of neat. So our kids were – we were home by what time? We touched down at 1.54 a.m. Saturday. All right, so most of those kids Sunday probably, morning. I'm sorry, Sunday morning. 1.54 a.m. Sunday morning. All right, so by about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, everybody was probably sound asleep, probably slept on the flight there maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But point being is they recover. They're going to recover fast. It's it's that six-and-a-half-hour bus ride that can't be discounted either, right? So they're going to lose a half a day, right? And don't think for one second. Let me give y'all let me give y'all a heads up. We put some things in during that bye week for App State. Don't think we didn't because when you get a bye week like that, you're going to install most of your stuff from Marshall. But you're going to put some install in for the team after that because you know you have a short week. Which, by the way, I agree with Jamie. This is the other part I was glad about. Nobody else in the conference had to go on the road for a night game and then come right back for a Thursday game at home. Nobody in the conference this year has that. And he's right. That's crap. That is crap on the Sun Belt, man. It really is. So if you want to get loud up about something, that's it. That's mm. no. you, 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 it is what it is. But that's all right, though, because here's the best thing. We're going to get a W on Thursday night, and we're going to get three more days to prepare for Southern Miss. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. Well, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, 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 I'm bridling myself compared to, to last year on this game. I, 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 I just hope our fans turn out and stay four quarters. I'll offer that to you. My last soapbox piece is if you've bought a freaking ticket, show up. Show out and stay for four quarters. To Joe's point at Marshall, don't leave at halftime. I don't care what the score is. Do not leave. 
this is the most pivotal game that we've had since the last one. Probably the last game. It's a good point, Joe. I mean, that's <laughs> no. I mean, that's to Joe's point. No, I'm. He, and I'm not like bringing. I mean, Joe's bringing perspective, but he's bringing truth and reality of. We win Thursday night. We are in essence a game and a half. Think of it that way: a game and a half ahead of everybody in the East. And here's the conundrum they have: they all have to play each other. Mm-hmm. After this game, we have three games left. No, we have three games left now, right? No, four. App State. Four games. Plus yeah, three. Virginia, Southern Miss, James Madison, four. But only three are conference games. Three conference. No, you have three conference games. You're talking conference. Three. Okay, never mind. My so, bad. So at plus two, everybody else has this week plus three. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. again, we win this week. We are a game and a half ahead. So, Joe Chiller, we were texting about it earlier. Could we ultimately clinch the East? We can't clinch it, but we go a game and a half ahead. And it puts everybody in the position. I mean, oh, here's the best part, too. Uh, Bobby Morris, that win there, uh, Appalachian State. Don't count towards bowl eligibility. Because you can't count but one FCS game towards bowl eligibility, and they've played two. So they have to win. They're at four and four right now. Is that right? What's their record? I think they're five and three. No, yeah, but they're five, they're four and three overall. That game of yes, Robert Morris right. does not. Are count. you sure? I, I, I'm I don't positive. I'm positive because they had count. to rework the schedule, and they didn't. I don't know that they would have had time to get somebody else when they had the, to, the, the to full, put some of these teams in here. Joe, I got it directly from the Fool's Gold Black and Fool's Gold podcast. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, they the Robert Morris game does not count. So that if means they're, if they're saying that, then if they're saying that, then not, okay, yeah, that means Who's they're arguing with them, right? Right, because they they the reason they had to play that game then was because of all the, the rescheduling of that. I think they originally had Marshall was a non-conference game to begin correct. with, and then when Marshall came into the league, that kind of left them in a lurch trying to they had they had to get somebody on the schedule. So that that's kind of why I was asking. But anyway, they were gonna, I, I don't I don't care about their situation. I really don't. <laughs> if, they, if they don't count, that's just too bad. I well, don't go out and get Robert Morris to fill that void. How about that? Yeah. Worst team in all of college football. Anyway, what else, what else we got? What well, else we got? I think we've got um, – well, TD, do you want to get fired up and see red? Then pop open a chili amber. Chug it down, stand on the table, belt out a rap about your opponent, your broadcast partners, or just something to get someone's attention. Open a brew, drink it through, because App State is afraid of you. Warning, offer not available in Statesboro, Georgia. Hmm. Well, yeah. What's the uh, what's the ABV on that one? Oh, I. It's got to be like seven or eight percent. No, nah, it's, it's probably <laughs> it's, it's it's probably five point four. Ah, that's a good one. There you go. Look, I see what you did there. So uh, the last part of our uh, show is brought to you by App State Counseling. <laughs> TD. Yeah. People go through challenges in life. Yeah, they do. It's. <laughs> It's important to have someone to reach out to in challenging times. That's why you should consider giving the fine folks at App State Counseling a call. They'll remind you of those small victories that kind of count. You know the ones, Robert Morris, the Citadel, Texas A&M. They'll remind you of how you won a few conference games and some titles when there were like five teams in the conference. Not convinced? Ask Chase Bryce. He's been to like 10 schools before settling down with the fine folks at Appalachian State Counseling. That's Appalachian State Counseling. 
you can ask for Dr. Ella Vation. She's got lots of fancy book learning. I did four commercials this week. I'm you did. I mean, that you are absolutely right on fire. <laughs> I mean, this is just, this is fire. So, uh, tailgater of the week. I didn't catch the guy's name, guys, but it was Palmetto Pete was his Twitter handle. Um, and he sent me a really cool picture. I don't know if you guys saw it or not, of how he set up his whole living room just to watch that ball game Saturday night. So, Palmetto Pete, you are this week's tailgater of the week. Needless to say, I get a Twitter direct message from Coastal Football Equipment. And they told me, then they, they took the time to send an email. And they said, well, it's an all-black blackout situation here at Brook Stadium, the Big Hooter. They still took the time, guys, to tell me and us they're wearing black helmets, black jerseys, and black pants. They still took the time to send that message to the Strut Podcast. So football equipment dudes, you guys are the absolute best. It is science, and it has been proven. Coastal football equipment is the best football equipment crew in all of NCAA football. That's right. They totally are. agree. Totally, totally agree, agree. They do. All black, man. I tell you what. Um, I like that black lid with the all white though too. That's a that's a. I like that look. I like that the, look. The black. road standard from last week. The road standard. The road standard. We're going all black at home, baby. I like it. I like it. All black on teal turf. Um. To Joe's point, this is about us, man. This game's about us. We're living rent free in their hair in their head. I love it too. Interesting enough, uh, something that just transpired this afternoon, Joe. I don't know if you're aware of this, Chili, but apparently two of their starters are either game time decisions. Yes, they are game time decisions. And it is not strategy. Cobb and Hampton are game time decisions due to unspecified reasons. Well, I noticed Cobb. I, I noticed Cobb. Have, he has not played the last two ball, in the last two ball games on their stat sheet. So when I'm right as we were getting into this tonight, right before I'm trying to you know finish up my spot chart, I, I was looking through that stuff and noticed he hadn't played. So Hampton would be interesting. And that, I'd be, I, we talked about him. I mean, that's a if he don't play, that's a big loss for them. But um, look, I yeah, hope we'll he's see. okay. But I hope he doesn't. Yeah, I do too. I hope they're not hurt. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't know wish injury on anybody. But I mean, it's you know. Yeah, this week, tough break. Sorry. Did I mention? Did I mention I hate App State? There you go. I'll write it down. Okay, just make sure. All right, about time for trivia, ain't it? Well, Joe, before we get to trivia, am I jumping the gun? No, (laughs) TD would be, but you're okay. Um, Joe, we had a quick discussion last week about one of our favorite all-time obscure conferences, the Buckeye Athletic Association. We ran Twitter polls. Four different little matchups with four teams. And, Joe, I was going to try and do like a mini quick little tournament to get to this week's um, recording. But one thing I noticed was when I put the matchups together, there was one matchup, Joe, that ran away from everybody else. It was the Wittenberg versus Wabash matchup. Man. That's a Wabash great. Little Giants got more votes than any of the three matchups combined. So I'm going to kind of go ahead and declare just by default that the Wabash Little Giants are the Buckeye Athletic Association champions this season via our Twitter poll. That's, I know you're with Dennison didn't get a vote except for the one I gave it. So who who, who was my team last week? Who, who was I going I think with? you were Wittenberg, weren't you? Was I Wittenberg? Oh. You were Wittenberg. 
Wittenberg versus Wabash, you know, Georgia versus Tennessee, you know, gee whiz. I'm, but if that had, that went head to head Saturday, I'm just not sure who I, you know, those would be two blockbusters. <laughs> Holy mackerel. You know, yeah. Can you imagine Wittenberg, Keith Jackson man. calling the Wabash, Wabash and Wittenberg? Now it just doesn't get any better than that. Oh, Nelly. <laughs> we should host. We should host Wabash and Wittenberg at the Big Hooter for a, uh, you know, a neutral site contest one year. We should. We should do that. Maybe they'll make the Myrtle Beach Bowl. There, they're right in the mix. I, and I, you know, they're right there in the mix. <laughs> Clearly, they're right there in the mix. I think they're in the mix. I'm going to do more than one Twitter poll this week. I think the first one I'm going to put out just as soon as we get through with this tonight, Joe, before you go to bed, is choose we one of your soon. three favorite strut beer choices. TD's Lather Lager, Info Joe IPA, or Chili Amber. Which one are you more likely going to drink this week? Because the commercials kind of said it all, I think. TD, are you ready? Mm. Joe, I may I may be giving him a softball this week. I'm just saying. I, I think you should. I mean, if 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 you give him one that blows his mind, it might just set this whole thing off. I mean, this edge. this I mean, is he, the kind of I mean, you can see how week. lathered up he is right now. He's ready to just strangle somebody through this computer screen. You know, I, keeps, that that poor computer he keeps like banging it and squeezing it and all that uh, kind of stuff. It's it's. I mean, he's ready to put a, the hat on hey. and go out there himself. Hey, give him uh, the question. I'll, I'll say this for the question. My wife, God bless her, this morning. She's getting we're all, we're getting ready for school and everything, and she she could. I, I woke up at the alarm clock, like five thirty, and she rolls over and she goes, "I don't know if I can take four more days of this," because <laughs> <laughs> she knows. It, look, I know we got bills to pay, kids raising a job to go to, but man, it, look, you can't stop being a a ball player. I don't care how old you are, and oof. Oof. You got a mini me. Yeah. What? 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 What was? It? What was? What was? You got a mini me over. You got a mini me over your shoulder. You had a visitor. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering, <laughs> who y'all waving at, man? <laughs> you don't see it. My, <laughs> my son, my son I, oh man, we we will be coming to the game right at six thirty, six forty-five. Uh, Maddox has his last football game of the year at five thirty, so we'll be coming in hot from that game. So. I'll be coming in hot from school when we finish the last bus, leaving the bus lot, TD and Joe. I'll be hopping in the car and driving straight there from the school where I work. So hopefully they'll be nice at dismissal. TD, here's your trivia question. Let's do it. Joe, he's going to get this right. I, I just feel it. In CCU history, hmm. how many total conference titles does CCU have? That's FCS and FBS combined. How many total conference titles does Coastal have? Shared, outright, FCS, FBS. Well, Under Armour, Russell Athletic, Nike, Adidas. <laughs> well, we had one in uh, four, five, and six. So there's three. Um, pretty sure Ross and the boys won at least one. And then I swear there was like a transitional year one we got, right? We were 10 and two. Help me out. Now help me out there. Joe, you got – I'm going to get a little bit of a lifeline. Joe, did that transitional year 10 and two count, though? Because we, we talked about that two weeks ago. Didn't we, like, run through the conference that year, but they didn't give it to us, but we got it? So I just want to make well, sure we, that – we, we weren't officially in a conference that year, but 
there was the transition committee that so voted we, on the voted on a conference championship. So, uh, so because we beat that, everybody, in the, we beat everybody in the Big South with the exception of Kennesaw, who didn't want to play us that year. But we beat and Charleston Southern. Of course, we lost to them. But you know, so that does it count though? That's my question, Chili. Does that is it? I think does it that, does. I mean, it's on our stat sheet. It's on our game. Okay. Notes. Okay. All right. All right. So three when I played, I know one would Ross and then played. So that makes that one makes five. And then a share of the Sun Belt. I'm gonna go with at least six, six conference titles. At least six. You can go a six, little higher. Seven. Okay. I'm gonna go seven. 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 Final answer. Seven is final answer. Coastal won the conference in 2004, 2005, 2006. They also okay. won it in 2010, yep. 2012, 2013, yep. 2014, and in 2020. You were one off. They have oh. eight total. Did the transition well, we are considered one- the we are considered the the, the the transition committee champion in 2016. It's on our uh, game notes. So, I mean, if you you know, I'm just I'm just saying. We were net. We were in the in that year, but you know, when we were at, we you could look at it two ways. It could be nine, could be eight. You know, so I'm still wrong. Yes, you're still wrong. So. I'm still wrong. <laughs> but TD, if you're not feeling well, you can call. You look at 2016. You can call App State Counseling, and they'll be happy to there you go to see you through this. Doctor Ella Vation is on line one. Doctor Ella Vation, line one. <laughs> oh man. Guys, I think we've run out of show. I think so too. It's bedtime. We have too. It's bedtime. So, TD, one more time before we sign off, you want to just say your favorite word this week? I've got it here so you can read it. I freaking hate App State. Hate them with a passion. I'll be there in all black. I got a special shirt made and everything. Hey, Um, um, TD, you're you're a fan of old school wrestling, I know. Oh man. Yes. Here's your challenge before we go. Joe, I think you're going to like this. TD, I want you to look into your camera, channel your inner Dusty Rhodes or Ric Flair. I want you to be coastal, <laughs> and I want to hear you talk down upstate right now on camera. Oh, man. Come on, man. You are Hulk Hogan. You are macho, man. Let's hear what you got. I can't, man. I got nothing, man. I can't, You man. should be good at this. Here's my thing. Give me – I'm going to need a, a, a Lunsford, Lunsford light followed by – a chili amber Uh-oh. on Thursday night. And then I'm going to follow it up with a Info Joe IPA. And then the moment I get about halfway through the Info Joe IPA, record. Hit record. <laughs> All right, TD, listen, <laughs> this is Monday night. We're recording this, Joe. I'm sorry to keep you up late, but listen, TD, yeah. you call me this week. I will record you doing that. And I will throw it on this podcast. I will do it as after the, end, after the uh, final song plays. There'll be like a little DVD extra kind of thing. TD's trash talk. I'm going to record you and you're going to put it on. I'm going to put it on the podcast if you can get it in, dude. That's your challenge, man. Ooh, yeah. There you go. Joe, where can we find you outside of this amazing podcast called The Strut? All right. Cash and J68 on Twitter. Uh, Joe Cashin on uh, Facebook and then Joe Cashin1968 on Instagram. Uh, when when are we dropping this chili? When's this coming uh, out? My goal is to have this dropped. Today is Monday, so I'd like to get it out Tuesday afternoon. All right, so if this comes out. This Go comes Tuesday. out Tuesday afternoon. Just to anybody listening to this and wanting to uh, listen to the coach's show on Wednesday night, we will be having a coach Chadwell 
uh, coaches show, radio show from Walk On Sports Bistro, uh, seven to eight. However, the coach will not be there live. I'm going to have about 30 minutes of recording with him uh, earlier in the day. We're going to have a couple of coaches, we think, uh, basketball coaches, uh, which would be Cliff Ellis and Kevin Pedersen. Hopefully, they're going to be able to come along and uh, talk a little coastal men's basketball live during the show. So there will be a couple of live guests there, and then. You know, hopefully a player interview and then whatever else we can do to to, to, to round out the hour. But uh, that, that's going to be the Coach Chadwell radio show look on Wednesday night. TD, if we see you yelling at somebody out of the off your front porch this week, we know that. But who are you? Uh, how are we going to find you outside of that? Tr underscore Danley on uh, Twitter. Of course, Travis Danley, Mr. Podcast on Facebook. Um, and. Uh, all, hey, all sincerity, our, hey, our fans, man, show up, get out of work early, call in an excuse, get your kid out of school early, um, write them a note, take the day off, whatever you got to do, man. Tell them I said it's okay. Tell them send the bill my way, and we'll take care of it uh, and uh, put it on my tab. But, um, gentlemen, I won't be able to sleep until Thursday after the game. So let me help you. Here's all the plugs for Strut Podcast. At the Strut Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Type in the Strut Podcast on Facebook and on YouTube. When you hit YouTube and the Strut Podcast pops up, hit subscribe. And don't forget to check us out, the strutpodcast.wordpress.com. TD is practically out of the frame right now, Joe. He's bending over. TD, uh, three, two, one, say shots up for me. Shots up. Shots up. All right, fans, so there you have it. Another potentially terrific episode of The Strut. So what do we have coming up? Well, we got the game on Thursday, so we're dropping this episode a little bit early, as you can tell. Um, so just get ready for App State. It's one of those weeks. It could be one of those weeks that, um, for lack of a better way to word it, it's just maybe the biggest week of the year, folks. we got App State in Conway. Like I said earlier, East Division is on the line. We've we've broken down what we've seen, what we've seen on tape, for example, what we've seen out of games, all that good stuff. So we hope you're ready to uh, sit back and enjoy a shiny clear victory. Make sure you're at Brook Stadium. It's a blackout. We need to pack Brook Stadium with teal, black, and bronze to the point where we run App State out of the building. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Sean's up.